Welcome to podcast number 12 of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors, a monthly program about creating and operating a successful financial planning practice. We're a presentation of the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners, known as ACP, a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique retainer-based fiduciary business model. I'm your host, Ken Robinson. On our show today, Greater Together, Dual Membership in the Kinder Institute of Life Planning and ACP. This episode is the third in our series, Greater Together, highlighting the experiences of ACP members who enthusiastically maintain other professional affiliations as well as their membership in ACP. We've already discussed the XY Planning Network and the American Institute of CPAs. Today, we're talking about the Kinder Institute of Life Planning, whose website notes that they've trained more than 3,500 advisors from 30-plus countries. More than 450 of those advisors have earned the exclusive Registered Life Planner designation. Before I introduce our guest, we scheduled this recording weeks ago. And now, on March 27, 2020, we find ourselves in the midst of the COVID-19 public health crisis. So much has changed in such a short time It's impossible to have any idea of how different our world may look by the time this episode is released. But as it happens, helping our clients to be ready to engage in the face of unforeseen events is a part of what we're called to do as fiduciary planners. And for many of us, it's about more than just money. Our guest is registered life planner, Frankie Corrado, CFP, who is a principal and managing director at Robertson Stevens, a fiduciary financial planning firm with offices in four states, including Frankie's in Holmdel, New Jersey. A CFP certificate since 2012, Frankie earned his RLP designation in 2018 and currently serves on ACP's board as past president. Frankie, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. So in these remarkable days that we find ourselves in the midst of, what are you telling your clients right now, Frankie? I think what our clients, what everyone's facing is, you know, a a crisis in real time of economics and their personal finances. And, you know, on the life side, their life is being upended and it's thrown into a little bit of chaos right now. And so a lot of the conversations that are taking place with my clients um, touch upon both of these areas during times of stress that I think people are understandably feeling um, to have an authentic relationship with an advisor who understands both the bedrock of your finances and the, um, you know, the intentions behind your goals and, and what those are, it's, it's, it's really comforting to clients. And so um, by and large, the conversations have been, have been pretty positive. I found the same thing in talking with our clients. It's not so much a matter of being afraid that their plans have been derailed, but wanting to confirm their beliefs that things are really going to be okay and that that the subject of money isn't something that they need to focus on when they'd rather be focusing on things that are more important than money. So I often find myself talking with clients about the things in their lives that are more important than money. Uh, How does that dovetail with this whole approach of life planning, Frankie? I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's another way of getting to the, to that end answer, right? Uh, The things that are priceless in your life, they need 
time and space and focus. And, you know, obviously the money makes the world turn and there's a reality to that. We do a good job for our clients when we can balance those two things. The money realities with, you know, giving time and space for those things that are priceless in their life. You know, you focus on not just the the financial side, which is a lot of it's out of your control right now. Um, and you focus on the stuff on the life side, a lot of which is in your control. Um, it starts to, you know, in, improve the experience, I think, overall. It's interesting. I think a lot of the financial side uh, is out of our, certainly a lot of the investment side is out of our control at any time. The To the extent we think we know what's going to happen with stocks, for example, that's clearly just an illusion. <laughs> but the things that we can control are about how we respond to certain situations, things like how much we uh, save out of every paycheck on the financial side, things like what we're going to allow the news to cause us to feel on the personal side. Now, Frankie, you've been a CFP certificate since 2012. You were in the industry sometime before that. And life planning is a different way to look at the process of planning even outside of times like this, what was it that drew you to life planning? Well, I think there was a few elements. You know, we, I had known about uh, George Kinder and, you know, his work for a while. And, uh, you know, I took a shot and went to his two-day workshop in Las Vegas. You know, the message just resonated with me, I think. For me, it was a logical way to uh, really think about purpose and intention in life that went beyond the ways that I felt like I was doing before. So I was a big goal planner personally. Setting goals, achieving goals are, are important to me. I think it, it provides purpose. And with the sort of typical financial planning goals, exercises, and kind of conversations that we would have, you know, it worked some of the time, you know, for sure, with people that, you know, that style of, of exercises uh, would resonate with, but not always. And so, you know, we felt like we were doing a good job of, providing good tax advice and, you know, good, good long-term planning advice and savings advice and that, what you know, all the things that, you know, we as ACP uh, advisors, you know, we're proud of for the comprehensive planning that we're doing. But, you know, on some, on, on a deeper level, it just felt like um, there was more room to grow. And, it, you know, we felt like we were adding more zeros to the client's balance sheet, but we didn't feel like they were any more fulfilled with sort of where the journey was taking them. And so the kinder life planning method had some appeal there. And after experiencing it and, you know, being coming life planned myself, and that was the other thing too, which kind of capped it off is, you, you know, I, I did a two-day workshop on his seven stages of money maturity. And then in the fall, that, that fall, I did a, his five-day workshop on Evoke, which is his methodology for life planning and uh, E-V-O-K-E. And each one stands for a step in the process. And after going through that, I found it to be kind of transformational and just uh, my own outlook on things, uh, my outlook on how I work with clients, the way I wanted to work with clients, the things that we would be talking about. It just put a lot more emphasis, I think, on intention and sort of equipped with this new power and, and sort of experiencing the value you could have. I, I just kind of ran with it and uh, kind of shouted from the rooftops the value that I saw in having that that training. 
It sounds like a very satisfying way to work with clients that as an advisor, that you derive a lot of personal satisfaction out of the value that you add in their lives. Absolutely. I mean, it's a double-edged sword for everything. Satisfaction, no question. I think the satisfaction you get, uh, it was just a, it was different from the satisfaction I had in ex- client experiences before that prior to this. It's just if maybe more fulfilling was the word or authentic. I don't, I, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it's not to put down what I was doing before or how I was doing it. But I think on the other side, you're putting yourself out there emotionally. It's very draining because you're having the conversations. It's not uncommon. It's actually common for people to break down and cry in the meeting. And so one of the things that the five day evoke training really brought an awareness for me to was uh, a level of empathetic listening and just empathetic presence with the client, something I definitely didn't have before and never really received a formal training in. And since that time, I've become much more aware of it. And, you know, I've included it in my practice, not only my day-to-day practice with clients, but just throughout my life, I feel like it's a, it's a value to, to be more empathetic to people and to just be aware of that. You know, there's a heavy focus on mindfulness and your own mindfulness during these conversations that can sometimes be heavy. You know, I think it, it just, it prepares you really well to go down this route. And it's the thing I love about it is the compliment that it has to ACP. And, you know, for every great life plan you need to have needs to be behind it, sort of the, the act, the financial action items that are inevitably required. And, you know, I think there's no one better than ACP from a, you know, practice management, sharing capacity, uh, really pushing the limits of providing great financial planning service to their clients to help them reach their goals and to help them reach the things that are important to them. So you mentioned the three questions. These are the three questions that you can find in George Kinder's book, The Seven Stages of Money Maturity. For people who are not familiar with them, uh, briefly uh, help us understand the three questions and and their role in helping a uh, a client identify what their goals will be. So he, his three questions, um, the, the first one is just think if you're in a situation where money is not really, um, you have all the money to take care of the needs that you have in your life. And so it's not quite you've won the, the half a billion mega millions where you're going to go and, you know, really take it to an extreme. But it, it is, you know, your, your day-to-day living expenses are covered and you don't need to work for money. How would you adjust your life from the way it is today? Um, the second question is that you, you know, you go to a, a doctor and the doctor, after doing a checkup, delivers some bad news that you have some incurable disease. And while you won't feel any pain, um, they expect you really to only have five to 10 years to live. And so with this information, you know, obviously the gravity of what this would mean, uh, thinking through and putting yourself in that position, what, what would you do with your life? How would you make a change? And then the final one, which I think is completely relevant to the moment in time that we are in right now, which is uh, if you go back to the doctor and they tell you that you have 24 hours to live, it's, it's not what would you do with your remaining 24 hours. It is what did you miss out on? Who did you not get to be? What did you not get to do? What were these core elements in your life that were left unfinished? And I think when presented and really facing and confronting question three, that was the transformational question for me. That was, was when I thought about that question, I knew f- that I wanted to be a father. And what did I not get to be was a father. Because at the time, I didn't have any children. And I had a lack of clarity on that topic for a long time in my life, if I wanted to have children or not. And really putting myself in that position and thinking about that type of 
of a question, it just brought forth where the priority needed to be in my life. And, you know, I'm happy to say that I have a beautiful six-month-old daughter now who, during this time of, again, chaos, she's my guiding light, my silver lining. I'm getting to spend more time with her and watch her grow and be a part of her life. And not the sort of goal that's likely to come out of a discussion with a traditional investment advisor asking, so, you know, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Trying to approach that question head on uh, in a strictly logical way uh, doesn't seem to bring out the things that will bring us the most emotional satisfaction. And what's all this money for anyway, you know, if we can't take it with us? What's the point of wealth? Uh, it's not a point in itself. Money's a, a tool. I've heard some of our colleagues call it potential energy. It ultimately seems to always be about more than just having more money. You mentioned the uh, uh, the evoke process. Uh, that's a an acronym that we learn in the Kinder Two Day, which I had the good fortune to participate in at an ACP conference a couple of years ago. Tell us briefly about the Evoke process. It transcends just financial planning. And so I'll speak to it in its financial planning sense, but just to put a caveat in is I've used this methodology for other things that have been beyond financial planning. And so Evoke is an acronym. It stands for exploration, visualization or vision, obstacles, knowledge, and execution. And so each letter stands for a particular step in this process. And you know, from George's perspective, he's always taught it that each one of these letters is a, almost like a, a meeting uh, that you would have with a client. And so E for exploration is usually, you know, if it was with a new client, uh, it's a very broad uh, conversation. The way he specifically teaches it is when someone comes into your office, you really are only asking them uh, two questions. And the first one is, you know, why, why are you here? And is there anything else? And so when it really works well, uh, when you're in person and you have someone that's open to this um, way of, of thinking and planning, it's a, it's a fantastic experience. And you, what you're doing is you're keeping your mouth closed and you're allowing the, the prospective client or the client to just put it all out on the table, all of the things that are important to them. And they don't need to have a rhyme or reason or be a part of the plan or anything, but you're just giving them space to let it all out. And, you know, you kind of reassure them if there's something they're saying is really important, you could tell them that you know, this is something that we're going to be putting in the financial plan. This is, this is great. So you want them to leave this first meeting with a level of energy. It's oftentimes they come and, you know, whenever I ask them, why'd you come here? It's almost universal. They say, well, I wanted to get, I wanted to wisen up with my finances. You know, I wanted to be smart. You know, I figured I should have a plan. It's something I should be doing. That's like the dentist feeling like I'm going to the dentist. I'm supposed to be doing this. And, you know, you can change it to be, you know, you just slight tweaks um, and you can change the conversation to one that's really delivering a lot of energy. And they're coming out of this like, wow, this is that was one of the best conversations. It's not uncommon for people to tell us these are some of the best conversations I've had in years. Um, and it's because when we're kids, everyone always asks us what we want to be when we get older. And, you know, as you become an adult and become further entrenched in a career or anything like that, people stop asking that question and they stop thinking in that way. So that's the exploration meeting. You go into the, then you have a visualization or vision meeting where you're really targeting uh, a plan. These meetings are usually pretty emotional. They're, they include the three questions that are given to the client beforehand as homework. And, you know, you, you review the questions with them and their answers, and you have a really 
great discussion around the responses. And it's, and they're opening up to you on some of these really uh, important, powerful things in their life. I mean, you're at, that's the other beauty of it is when the client is, they accept or take on this responsibility of opening up to you. In some cases with new clients, they've only met me once or twice before. And we're having these conversations where they're um, shedding tears in my office as they're talking about these really important priorities in their life. And so what comes out of that, the outflow of that is a, is a torch statement for each client if there's uh, you know, a married couple. Um, and so each have their own torch and it's their own vision uh, going forward. That's kind of a summary. It's, it's like a campfire story, but it's a plan for the future um, based upon the elements that were in their responses in our conversation, where the priorities were. And so me as the life planner there, I deliver that. That's probably, I'd say, one of the more stressful parts if I'm speaking personally. You know, that's where I'm really being vulnerable and I'm coming back to them with, well, what if we did this? What if this was in six months or 18 months or two years from now? What if this happened? You know, how would that be? And if you hit the nail on the head, the client's just like, they just light up and they, you know, they tell you, wow, that would be, well, that would be amazing. And so now we have an hour, now we have a bullseye with which we can go now for our financial planning. It's going to have some purpose. This is what we're going for. Something that the client heard and, and felt and, you know, pictured having in the future and said, I, you know, that's what I want to go towards. Um, and then the next step is the O for obstacles. Cause there's always obstacles along these journeys. Again, it's, that's an open and honest discussion on how to address them. That's where, you know, you round out the edges and you come up with a little bit more of the details. Um, the K stands for knowledge. That's where we're really putting together the financial plan now behind that. You know, what is the plan for how this is going to work? Um, and now we're getting more and more into our traditional financial planning tools, you know, whether that's ACP tools, pyramid uh, elements like that, the toolkit, and then E for execution. And that's, you know, a plan is great, but until someone is able to execute on it, it's just a plan in the sky. And so, yeah, that's the the five-step process. And we found it to be pretty successful and it, you know, clients have appreciated it. And um, it's been a rewarding experience for me as an advisor. It, it brings to mind uh, what I've heard uh, your father, Frank Corrado say, who I've, I've known for many years. And when he adopted uh, the kinder life planning approach, I remember him telling me that life planning isn't something he does, it's what he does. That this is more than just uh, if we're thinking about life planning as a different way to do financial planning, we're we're kind of missing the point. Well, I mean, when you said and you asked before, you know, what was something that drew you there? And I think for you know for both my dad and myself was there was always this um, desire to have a deep authenticity in the relationship. And I think that's something we take pride on in ACP, right? Is the fact that we're fiduciaries and the fact that we're comprehensive and we operate on a retainer model. You know, we're trying to operate in a way that is really client focused and in their best interest and would, you know, and I think this is just another attempt at that. And it's, you know, a vulnerable one um, on our end, again, to, to ask clients to go on that journey with you. And, you know, not all do it's, and that's okay, you know, but I think it's um, for the ones that want it, it's valuable. And um, but even for the ones that choose not to, I think it does cause them to think about things a little bit differently and, and they do, do recognize and appreciate the depth that they can go with us if they wanted. I think one of the most remarkable things I've ever heard a client say to me about the value that they find in our relationship is when they say things like, wow, Ken, I never expected a financial planner to ask me a question like that. And my thought is, 
Yeah, and, and maybe you should. Maybe a financial planner should be asking questions like that. And you've pointed out to me in the past, Frankie, that a lot of what you've learned from the Kinder Institute is about those first three steps of the evoke process, that that's where they really shine and where ACP really shines are, are those last two steps, the knowledge and the execution, and that they, they dovetail quite nicely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was always something. And I've said to George, I always felt like um, they do a lot of the training on these first three steps and they're critical. And they're the ones that we don't receive training really on anywhere else. You know, I, I was thinking, my my gosh, how great would it be to have some of this type of mindfulness training or just this type of awareness training, even as, you know, students in school growing up. I mean, it's so valuable, I think. You know, I think that he does a good job on that. And then, you know, when you get to the, really the planning and strategy side, you know, that's where he's like, all right, now it's time to use your CFP, you know, and that's where ACP is very good is there's a, a few different ways that you can show alpha to a client. And, you know, I think you can do it on the emotional and the plan side or the hard dollar side, or, you know, I think how many of the things that we, you know, we preach and, and practice, um, from the strictly, you know, quote unquote, financial planning side around that, you know, that's valuable today, right? Think about having, what's the value of an emergency reserve? You know, speaking with over the past 10 years, you know, the emergency reserve was a, was a strategy that we would always, you know, we ACP advisors all speak with our clients about and make sure is being planned for. But I think it's one that has received relatively low recognition overall. It's not something that people are talking about. The emergency reserve is quite, quite important right now, you know, as people are, you know, losing jobs or, or, you know, working less. It's not always even about the investments. It's about you know, making sure the different areas of this comprehensive plan. And that's, that's the support that's required for a life plan to be successful. So for me to, you know, when my life at the crux of my own life plan is my daughter now, um, for me to accurately live out that life, I need to have proper life insurance in place and and an estate plan in place because that could, you know, crater the priorities behind my life plan um, of what I want for my daughter. And so they're so intertwined. And for me, they're seeing all that is, that's one of the reasons that I'm a, you know, I was really excited when we were able to coordinate with the Kinder Institute for the conference that we're doing together in the fall down in Atlanta. Very excited about that, where we can, again, there's so much opportunities to share and overlap um, and to, to grow more from learning from each other's styles and practices. And it's two organizations that I really love. And I think, you know, they, both are committed to doing really great work for uh, the clients that they serve and, you know, to, to have good lives themselves. So uh, how would you sum up to your fellow ACP members the value you derive from being a registered life planner? And what would you say to your fellow RLP designees about the benefit of being a member of ACP? To my ACP brethren, um, I think... It's, it's the preparation and experience and the confidence it's provided me both from a, a process perspective on how to offer it, offer life planning and, you know, the value and impact it can have for the client. Just the training that you go through prepares you to have sometimes hard conversations and whether or not you're life planning, clients are crying in your office, that happens. And so it, it you know, for me, that, that was something that it really helped me prepare for and to, you know, be a better listener, not be the one that knew everything. And, you know, the client was the one with the answers to let them have a platform to speak. That's helped me improve my relationships with clients. And for all of the uh, registered life planners out there, um, I think that, you know, ACP is, is a, 
an awesome solution to help you really effectively manage the K and the E of a client's life plan. And, you know, I think with what we're seeing just in today's events, um, to have other advisors out there who are like-minded and practice in this fiduciary mindset and this comprehensive mindset to hear of the different things that are happening and, you know, to bounce ideas off of, to have a community of advisors you can bounce ideas and questions off of. The community is just tremendous. It's, I think, what makes the conferences so special. It would make membership so special. Just a, you know, a commitment of fiduciaries that, you know, are doing this for the right reasons. And so I think you can, there's a lot you can learn from a planning perspective and a lot from just a practice management perspective as well. What comes to mind for me is the uh, role of listening in both organizations that, yes, in ACP, we have certain values that we teach about and certain processes that we teach about how to do an insurance meeting and what to recommend in an investment meeting. But first and foremost, before we start demonstrating our expertise to the client about what great advisors we are, what we're taught is listen, listen, listen. Yes, you can tell an advisor to do that and say, this is a great marketing technique. But more importantly, it's just a great way to relate to another human being. It demonstrates a certain kind of honesty and respect that a lot of the financial services world is not really known for. And you know that's a shame because it really should be known for that. And I, I think that uh, both uh, registered life planners and ACP members are devoted to really paying attention to what their client is saying their needs are, whether they're saying it in words or not, that we try to get to the heart of what's really going to help this client have a life that's more fulfilled and more serene and more contented and joyful. If we can do that by getting the worry about money out of the way, that alone has a lot of value for them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Frankie, uh, as we wrap up our discussion today, what would you uh, want advisors to know about this remarkable and for our lifetimes unprecedented set of circumstances that we find ourselves in with threats to not just the financial world, but to our health as a community? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, even amongst all this chaos, um, that's going on. I think it's important for people to keep a, you know, a priority focus on the, really the, you know, the things that are purposeful and, and they want to be intentional about in their life. I think that, you know, a return to the foundations are really important, you know, again, and that comes through some of the things that we talked about today is listening and empathy and, you know, thinking purposefully and living intentionally. And you know, these are all things that, you know, I'm proud to say that, you know, I try to incorporate, I'm not perfect at it, but, you know, I try to do my best to incorporate on a day to day and it, it's made my life more fulfilling. And I think it can make yours and everyone that puts forth that way as well. Well, great. Thank you so much for being with us today, Frankie. I, I appreciate your taking the time in the midst of this uh, very challenging period. No, thank you. This was fantastic. I appreciate the opportunity. You've been listening to Frankie Corrado, CFP, RLP, He's a principal and managing director at Robertson Stevens, a fiduciary financial planning firm with offices in four states. There's a link to Frankie's website in our show notes. 
This is podcast number 12 of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors from the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners. ACP is a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique fee-only retainer model. In 2020, ACP is celebrating 25 years of training advisors in the practices and tools of a comprehensive process rooted in the uncompromising values of fiduciary fee-only planning. Our members are pioneers and innovators who together have perfected a unique retainer-based, tax-focused, comprehensive approach, providing a distinct alternative in the financial planning marketplace. ACP offers a lower-cost associate membership for those who want to learn and apply ACP's methodology prior to becoming certified members. For more information, call 910-769-1569 or visit acplanners.org.